0: Log Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. And it starts right now.
2: and welcome to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing. and I've got a great show lined up for you guys this morning. We are officially in full swing football territory now. I've heard a couple weeks ago, we'll talk about week one. We'll talk about the, the chaos that occurred this week, As as always, Um, and then also get you ready for week two. But at the same time, we've got college that just started, well, started last Saturday, technically. Went through the preview last week, but now we are in full swing college mode. Bunch of games last night that happened that were a lot of fun to watch. Bunch of games tonight. And then, of course, Saturday is the big day where pretty much everyone full swing and into the season. Uh, A few games Sunday, Monday, um, one game on Monday. So all weekend and into next week, you've got college football. And then next week, starting on Thursday, the NFL season starts. So I've got a full preview for you guys on that. We're back. Football season is back. I, uh, you know, I was talking to some people uh, yesterday, and my my fiancé is big into horror movies, and this is, you know, she starts celebrating Halloween in, in September. And so, you know, we were talking about, he was talking about it in already Halloween season again, and you know, I was saying the exact same thing just with football. It's it's crazy how quickly this year went by, and you know that's what happens when you're in the midst of a pandemic and a lot of crazy stuffs going on, and and all of that. So hopefully things start to slow down and we start to get to you know uh, back onto a more even keel soon. But unfortunately, we're not there quite yet. So definitely, unfortunately. Some things to talk about with that later on. Uh and as always, if you want to call in, I'll be taking all your calls. Three two three seven eight four nine six eight one is that number to call. That number again, three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. We'll have one guest on this morning, a little light this morning because of a number of things. Uh, but Lou Bajak from the state will come on at eight thirty. Ian Guerin, who normally comes in at, at nine, decided to take the the day off today. The big factor is because of everything that's been going on with COVID. The great thread that he uh, posted yesterday that I will read to you guys. Um, just to give you guys an idea of what's going on behind the scenes and, and what this is really doing to coaches to players to media members anyone that's directly involved and has to keep up with everything um you know what it really does um to people and and why you know i'm sure a lot of people get frustrated at the fact that you know i spend a good five ten minutes each show Reading off, okay, this game got canceled. This game was supposed to be played and then got canceled and then got replaced and then got canceled again. You know, I'm not only am I trying to keep you guys informed, but a matter of this is what we have to live with now. So better give these teams the recognition of they've had a rough week. You know, give, give them some uh, some credit of getting through this crazy week. But that's later on. I'll focus on uh, high school sports in the second hour. But right now, for the first half hour, I want to focus on the NFL, which is starting next week, uh, starting in a little less than a week, actually. Uh before I get to my full season preview, the big news that came out this week, both on you know obviously this week was cut week, um, a lot of guys being cut and and a lot of good players being cut that hopefully land on their feet, hopefully land uh, with another team at some point. But the big one that I think surprised people but didn't surprise people at the same time was Cam Newton. Cam Newton getting released by the Patriots, which means that, uh, which, which means that, um, well, I'm drawing a blank on his name. They're their new quarterback. Uh, hold on a second. I will. I will get this uh, pulled up real quick. But Cam Newton getting released, um, you know, it was a surprise to me personally uh, that he got released because, you know, it was...
3: I'll take the layup. I'll take back Prescott.
2: It was a surprise to me, honestly, that, you know, he was released because, you know, I didn't think that, uh, I didn't think that their new quarterback, uh, Max Jones, there we go. I did not think that Mac Jones uh, was ready for being thrown right into the fire um, right away. I did not think that, you know, especially with how Belichick is. You know, yes, Brady was different. He was a seventh-round pick. It wasn't like he was, you know, He wasn't a first-round pick like Mac Jones is. Um, But at the same time, I thought that, you know, they would start with Cam and, and then see where things went, both in terms of how Cam played and in terms of how Mac Jones played. And first off, it's going to be very interesting to see where Cam goes if he goes anywhere. Um, That all depends upon what he sees himself right now. Uh, Because he'll definitely get offers, I think. He'll definitely get offers by teams to come on as a backup. But I don't see many teams where they'd be willing to automatically hand him the reins. The only way the the only team that I could even think of that pops into my head now there there are a couple of teams that I would say I would take Cam Newton over over their quarterback. I think if Denver wanted to go after him, I'd definitely take Cam Newton I'd definitely take Cam Newton over uh over whoever the uh over whoever the uh Broncos have playing. Whoever the Broncos are going to have uh playing quarterback, I wanna say it's gonna be Drew Locke. Uh but you know the the other team that I would definitely say is a team that to well to potentially look at for, but I don't know what their thought process is in terms of anything right now. Is the is the Texans because you know the whole Deshaun Watson or the, the 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 Sean Watson Watson situation is not done by any stretch of the imagination. Um, oh, apparently according to the depth chart. uh... The uh, Tay Bridgewater would start start for the Broncos, which again I would take Cam Newton over Tay Bridgewater any day of the week, and twice on Sundays. Uh, but I don't think the Broncos will go after him. The Texans is another team with Deshaun Watson. They're not sure. You know, we don't know what's going on with his legal situation. The Texans want to move on from him anyway. Uh, but I don't know if they're gonna get what they want for him, and especially if you don't know if he's gonna be there all season, you know, bring in Cam Newton and tell him, hey, you know, if if Deshaun either starts struggling or he has to go away for a while because of his legal problems, then you're our guy. That could be a good situation a lot of people are talking about Dallas bringing him into into Dallas which I could see that as well I would you know that may be a good spot for him but he would that would have to be under the assumption that he wants to be a backup that he or at least he doesn't mind being a backup and going would be interesting to see if he's really you know Where his mindset is right now. Does he want to be a backup? Or at least, does he not mind being a backup? Or is it pretty much starter or bust at this point? Starter or bust, I don't think... Maybe give it a couple of weeks to see the have and have nots. And maybe if there's a team that thinks, hey, we're, we're... we Or at least we think we're a quarterback shy of making a run. Let's bring him in, at least just to see. Maybe. Like I said, Denver could be one of those teams that I would look out for. Um, you know, there aren't too many other teams that really pop into my head when it comes to that. Uh, but that's the main one that I would I, I would look at um besides that you know obviously it's going to be interesting to see where cam goes if he goes anywhere but the one thing there there's two thing there's two things well there's one big thing to look at when it comes to cam especially as a starter but even as a backup there's one big downside there's one big achilles heel to him and this is not on the field that i think may make people wary and that is that he's unvaccinated he does not want to get the vaccine and conference talking about the release after it was after it was announced bill that it played no factor in the release i don't buy that I don't think I, – I don't – yes, it may not have been the top reason, but I certainly think it played a factor because he had to miss a few days because of getting COVID again uh, a few weeks ago. Or, yeah, I think – yeah, either a week or two ago. And so, first of all, if you've had it already, why would you want to get it again? Why when you get the vaccine and and try to protect yourself? But that that's a story for later. That that's that's a conversation for later. But on top of that, that that's going to make a lot of teams wary because it's a because it's going to be a situation where if a team's on the fence and they're saying maybe he still has something left to go, you know, uh, maybe to us but they don't want to use that added spot and get rid of their backup and then potentially run the risk of especially if he's being a backup. Here's worst case scenario. Here's worst case scenario. You bring him in as your backup. Something happens to your starter and and he has to come in And then the next week, or at some point later on in the season, he gets COVID again, and then you're out of a quarterback. Are you really willing to take that risk when it comes to that? I certainly wouldn't be as a GM, and I think that is going to play a role, play a factor in whether or not he gets any offers. Do I th- do I think he'll still get some offers? Probably, probably I would say that he's better than at least 30% of the quarterback of the backup quarterbacks in in the uh NFL right now and I would probably bump that up to 50% at least. Um You know, but that's the, the. There are so many different questions when it comes to this. You know, is he willing to be a backup? Teams willing to take that chance with COVID? Uh, you know, there's a lot of unknown variables when it comes to Cam Newton's future, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him. One other thing on the Cam thing before I move on. Now after this move. I you know i i I might have jumped the gun a little bit on saying that you know Belichick's legacy is is trashed after last season, but these next couple of years are really going to determine the legacy of Bill Belichick because now he has a new quarterback that he can't picked that will lead this offense. Is he really the football genius a lot of people think he is? And and is he, you know, is he able to mold Mac Jones to become another Tom Brady? Or was he carried by the greatness of Tom Brady? Who was really the, the key, the pivotal uh, marker when it comes to that Patriots dynasty. This is the same kind of debate that you you hear a lot in in basketball circles when it comes to Phil Jackson. You know, was he was he a great head coach, or was he lucky that he he was in a, a Michael Jordan and a Kobe Bryant and and other great players at the time? That's always the question that you have to ask when it comes to a coach uh and players for that matter it goes both ways you know you could be a you know you could be a hall of fame caliber player but if you have a bad coach you're not going to get very far but the same thing can be said the other way around you can be a hall of fame caliber coach but if you don't have the players on your team to to you know do well on the field, then you're not really going to get much of anything. So, it's it's going to be very interesting, not only to see what happens in terms of uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens not only in terms of you know, how well the Patriots do this season, uh, but also in terms of how these next couple of years impact Bill Belichick's legacy. So with that being said, and Patriots, this is a transition. Transition into a season preview, talk about who I think will win each division, get in through the wild card, et cetera, et cetera, and go all the way to the Super Bowl. Let's start in the AFC East. Let's start where the Patriots play, the AFC East. And I don't think it's going to be the Patriots. So have a winning record, maybe. Um, this is going to be a very interesting division because you have a lot of young quarterbacks. You have two rookies, one second-year guy, and the veteran uh, on the team, I think, is only 25 if I remember correctly, and that's Josh Allen. Uh, I'm at, I remember seeing something about this uh the other day about him. Yeah, he's yeah, Josh Allen is only 25 and he's the most experienced and most veteran quarterback on on the on in the AFC East right now. Picture that. I mean, the AFC East was always kind of a a mess. It well, it has been a mess for a while. But it's improving. It's improving rapidly. But I think because of the experience of Josh Allen, because of how good the pieces around him are, both on offense and on defense, I think it's the Bills' division to lose this season. I think Tua, as long as he stays healthy, I think he'll he'll take the next step in his maturation. And the, the Dolphins played well last year. Uh, and I think they'll be second. I think they'll make a run for the the wild card. Not sure if they'll make they'll make it. I have to look at the other divisions and kinda see where everyone is. Uh but I could I I, I could see the Dolphins being at least decent. The Patriots will win games, don't get me wrong. But I don't know how many games they'll win with Mac Jones especially uh especially early on in the season, you know he's gonna have to get get into a groove um so yeah, that's why I put the Patriots at third, and the jets, even with Zach Wilson, you know he's getting some he's getting some hype, they've got some decent pieces around him um Jets are gonna jet. Let's just put it that way. I, I just, maybe they proved me wrong. I would love to be proven wrong, but I just don't see it. Moving on to the AFC North, I think it's the Ravens division to lose. Uh, Browns, you know, Browns are going to Browns. I mean, yes, they've played better over the last few years, but I just don't know if they're you know, don't know what they're gonna do this year. Uh Steelers I think will be decent. Not sure if they'll make it to the playoffs, but we'll see. And then the Bengals they'll take their next step, but I don't think they'll they'll get anywhere, uh in in terms of the division or playoffs or anything like that this year. AFC South AFC South is gonna be one of the more interesting divisions I think this year. Because I think the Colts certainly have a chance of of doing something. Um, you know, they've got the pieces that you know, I mean the big question mark is gonna be Carson Wentz, how he plays on a new team and all that. But if he can play well, they have a chance of, of making a run, I think. Uh, the Titans, of course, going to be a, a threat this year, especially now with Julio Jones there. Uh, the Texans, the big question mark, is going to be what's happening with Deshaun Watson. And then, of course, the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence there. In, well, Travis Etienne is injured right now. Um, but, you know... I think it's probably the Titans to lose. I think I'll go Titans, Colts, Texans, and, and Jaguars. But Texans and Jaguars could easily switch if Deshaun Watson is not there for a while. And uh, North. It's, I think it's the Chiefs to lose, obviously. Uh, I think the Chargers make the next step. I think the Raiders make an, a, another step uh in the right direction I don't know who I would put uh I don't know who I would put in in that spot uh between the the uh Chargers and the Raiders um, Definitely Chiefs on top I think the Broncos will be at the bottom uh and I'm going to go with the Raiders at two And then for the three wild card teams so we got Buffalo Baltimore, Tennessee, and KC. And then for the three wild card teams, I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and and I think the and and I think the Colts. I think Carson Wentz. I know I've said I don't trust Carson Wentz, and he's already had injuries this year. But I think the Colts figure out a way. So there are my predictions for uh, the AFC. And I, I I think the Chiefs, until someone beats them, they're still the team to be in the AFC. I think the Ravens are going to be right behind them. And I think Ravens and Bills are the two teams that could threaten. Titans potentially, I just don't, I, I know they've proven me wrong in the past, but I just don't trust the Titans. Now moving on to the NFC. Actually, real quick, before I move on to the NFC, I'll take a quick break, uh, and then I'll come back, do the NFC, and then talk uh, some college football at the bottom of the hour. Uh, So be sure to stay tuned right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. NFC preview coming up right after this.
3: I'm gonna ride till i can't no more i'm gonna take my horse to the uptown road i'm gonna ride till i can't
4: no more i got the horses in the bag horse stock is attached that is maddie black got the boosters black to match riding on a horse you can whip your Porsche i've been in the valley you ain't been up off that porch now can't nobody tell me Booge
3: Brand new guitar Baby's got a habit Diamond rings And Fendi sports bra Riding down Rodeo In my Maserati sports car God knows stress, I've been through all
2: Welcome back to Sports Unlimited, right here on Southern Sports Central, and as promised, going to jump over to the NFC. As always, if you want to give call on in talk NFL, talk college, nine six eight one is that number to call. That number again, three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. We'll jump over to the NFC and the NFC East. I think it. In an i well not in an ideal world but in a world that was based on paper if you if you didn't play the games if you just went on on stats Dallas would be the clear cut favorite to win this division but as we've seen in years past and especially over the last couple of years. First off, the NFC East, no matter what, no matter how, unless the Cowboys suddenly go on a miraculous run, the NFC East is going to be a dumpster fire this year again. And and this is coming from a Giants fan, so you know, I'm I'll call it like a, like I see it. The NFC East is an absolute dumpster fire. It, it's fitting that they have the only team in in American sports. Well, outside of soccer, but, you know, soccer does things weird. But the only the only team in the primary, the big four, American sports, that does not have a mascot name, the Washington football team. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when they announced their finalists, why on earth is it taking so long? Why are you waiting another year? Why didn't you get this done during the off season this past year and had a name out? You've had you know you've had nine months to to get this done. Why haven't you done it i I just i don't get it I don't get it, but apparently we're stuck with the Washington football team again for the second year in a row, and a lot of people are saying that they may be the favorites to win win the uh win the division. I mean potentially could could I see Washington potentially doing something? Potentially, but I just I don't buy it. Um Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, he became Fitz Fitzmagic a couple of years ago, but I just don't think he, you know, he was fifth magic for a few weeks and then it and then it died off after a while and I don't even think I don't even think the Buccaneers made the playoffs that year. No. No they didn't. That was the year before Brady. So yeah, like I said, Dallas is the team to beat in this division. Uh the big question mark that I would say the, the big team to keep a look on is the Giants. Because it's going to be... It, how the Giants do and where the Giants land depend upon two things. One, can Daniel Jones improve? And two, can Saquon Barkley stay healthy? If that can happen, then I think the Giants can be in a good position to maybe not win the division, but perhaps make it to the playoffs in a wild-card position. The Eagles have another rookie quarterback, or not quite rookie, but close to it. Uh, So, I don't think... Yes, they'll take the next step with Jalen Hurts, but I don't think they're quite there yet. So I'll go Dallas. As long as they stay healthy, that's going to be the big question mark with Dallas. And, you know, all the controversy of Jack Prescott is—is he fully healthy or not? So I'll go Dallas, Giants, Eagles, uh, Washington. NFC North. Sorry, the rest of the North, but care about you know. I don't care about Justin Fields and uh, and you know uh, and. Jared Goffs and and, you know, whoever the Lions are or not the Lions, whoever the uh Vikings are gonna have as their quarterback. I I don't care about. It. This is this, this is another you know, we talk about that that year, uh I think it was what, 2013, 2014, 20, Whatever year at, was after Deflate Gate um you know they talked about Brady's revenge tour and you know Brady going out and just you know basically saying screw you to the NFL and and sticking it to them by dominating the league this is the same thing except Rodgers is doing it to one franchise Rodgers is saying you don't want me anymore and, and he did this last year. Now, granted, he didn't do what he really wanted to do, which was win a Super Bowl. He ran up against Tom Brady, but Bra or Rodgers still did this. He still won the MVP last year and put up astounding numbers. But again, the Packers are doubting him. The Packers want to move for move on, move on to Jordan Love, and Bra- and Rodgers is saying, "No, I'm still the man. I'm." Still a franchise quarterback And I'm going to show you And I think it's even doubly So this year because he already Said that this is going to be his last Year in Green Bay I think his contract Is up after this year So he's going to be he's, He's going to be out for blood This year for two reasons One is because he wants to beat the Patriots Or one he wants to Prove the Packers wrong Two he does want to beat The Buccaneers and win another Super Bowl. And three, also this is an audition for him for potential suitors come next year when he's a free agent. So, yeah. Sorry, rest of NFC North, but there's no chance. There's no chance any of you are going to be anywhere close to the division title this year. It's the Packers to lose. NFC South is another one that I think is pretty much a foregone conclusion, but not necessarily for the reason that you think. Yes, it's because of Brady, but it's more so because of who he's up against. Saints, you know, Drew Brees is gone. He's retired. We don't know what's going to happen there. Panthers, yes, they brought in Sam Darnold. Maybe you need a, a change in scenery. Yes, you still have Christian McCaffrey. Yes, you still have some good wide receivers. You got some good players uh, through um, through the draft and whatnot this year. But I, and then the Falcons, the Falcons, you know, especially now with without Julio Jones, who knows what the Falcons are going to be this year? So. Buccaneers are the team to beat there in the in the NFC South, and then in the West, the West is also going to be another very interesting division because you've got the Forty Niners. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is still the quarterback currently, but you know they're they're wanting to try to move forward. They're they're trying to move on from Jimmy G uh you know with Trey Lance who knows how long of long or short short of a leash leash Jimmy G is going to have this year uh you know you've got the Cardinals who Kyler Murray there in his third season uh showed a lot of improvement both seasons are the Cardinals ready to take the next step they got A.J. Green in in the offseason. They've got Christian Kirk, obviously DeAndre Hopkins. No Larry Fitzgerald anymore. Um, so that is going to be an interesting dynamic with basically a whole new wide receiving core. Seahawks, obviously, with Russell Wilson, he's still very good uh and they still have a very good team and now and then obviously the Rams the bit, is going to be the big question mark with Matthew Stafford at the helm now uh and and what that creates in Los Angeles I don't really know who to pick in this one I will say this this much though I can almost guarantee you although maybe not through attrition playing against each other but I could certainly see three teams making it into the playoffs out of these out of these teams I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win it all because you can't discount them uh you can never rule them out And I'm going to go with the 49ers and the Cardinals at the other two teams. The Rams are going to be at the bottom, but I think the Rams are going to be at the bottom at at like eight and eight, or maybe even, you know, well, eight and nine, technically, or maybe even nine and eight this year. So that's, that's my thought on, on there. Uh, Overall, in the NFC, uh, I think it's still... Well, no, actually, I'm going to say it's a toss-up. And it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think it's it's definitely going to be Tampa Bay against Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. And I don't know who to pick. And what's going to be even more interesting is what happens to Brady either way. Because if he loses, it may be an indication he's starting to lose a step and he may back out. If he wins and then proceeds to go on and win the Super Bowl, maybe he rides off into the sunset. Who knows? But then again, Tom Brady is an an anomaly. So who knows when he's going to retire? He'll retire when he's 90. But so, yeah, I'm picking Green Bay against Tampa Bay. I'll go with Green Bay to win it because I think Aaron Rodgers is just going to be hell-bent. He's going to carry this team to a Super Bowl. But I think think Mahomes is just going to be too much. And I think Mahomes gets his, his second ring this year. So there are my predictions for the NFL this season. Uh, you know, week one is this week, starting on Thursday. Uh, first game: Tampa Bay, uh, Dallas at Tampa Bay. That should be a fun one. Um, you know, and you know, it, it's football season. It's back, and and it's it, it's going to be a lot of fun with the NFL. Uh, I'll give you a full recap on that game along with a few other games um, next week. So be sure to tune in then. But, there, yeah, so there are my predictions. Oh, let me... I'll just go... I won't go the... I won't say all of the predictions, but I'll I'll give my MVP prediction. Um, and I think it'll probably be... I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers again. Because, like I said, he's on that revenge tour. He's on that, you know, proving everyone, especially the Packers, wrong tour. So, yeah, that's that's my prediction there. Um, so, yeah, so there's my prediction. Now moving on to college. First before, and, and I'm running a little late. Um. So, we'll... Try to run through this as as quickly as I can um, and may may decide to seep it into the um, the the second hour uh but we'll we'll figure it out but before I get to week one and and get to last night's game and all of that, uh, a few big news pieces, big twelve planning on expanding, which isn't really all that surprising. They're looking at UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston. The only team that makes any bit of sense out of those four is Houston. BYU, I guess you could, but they're more in Pac-12 territory. Um, The only team that makes any bit of sense is Houston, but unfortunately, as we all know, geography doesn't mean squat now when it comes to conference realignment. Uh, But both on a geographical level and also, well, and on a historical level and also on a, you know, on a symbolic see-how-far-they've-come type of gesture. Team I would love to see them at. And, And I think they're strong enough to warrant the addition. They should bring in SMU. Because it would be very interesting to see them come in, and you know, you know, uh, bring back, you know, essentially bring back the Southwest Conference, uh, my, minus Texas and Arkansas, obviously. But I would love, you know, I would probably cut out Cincinnati, so. And I, I don't really want to see UCF jump to the Big 12 because it just doesn't make sense. I know West Virginia doesn't make any sense either. But, you know, it is what it is. But the, <laughs> I just thought of something funny. The Big 12 now is essentially starting to look like the what the Big East was going to be before they ended up, Dissolving and and the American Was formed Yeah the Big East was going to bring In Boise State They were going to bring in uh, I think They were going to bring in TCU Before TCU ended up going to the Big The Big 12 Uh, And they may have Had one or two other teams that they were going to Bring in maybe UCF Um but and and it, it, the big joke was it, it's not going to be the Big East anymore. It's it's going to be the Big Everywhere, and that's basically what the Big Twelve is turning into. Yes, they don't have the name in terms of location, but they they have it where you know it's traditionally been the Southwest. Con- you know, it 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 was the uh you know the uh. Descendant of the Big of the Southwest Conference, along with the Big Big Eight, but this this would have been you know, but see that's the problem. I don't really know what other teams, but if you're gonna, here's the thing: if you're gonna poach teams from the American, at least poach a team that's close. Get Tulsa. There you go. There's a team that's that's right in your neck of of the woods that you could easily, you know, pick up. It would keep the geographical footprint. So bring in SMU, Houston, Tulsa, and then I'd have to try to figure out one more team that you could add. But I'm sure there's teams in that area, in the Texas-Oklahoma area, that you could bring it I don't see why you have to, you know, move to uh you know, bringing anyone in. I know they're trying to expand. I know they're trying to, you know, reclaim their spot as a power five. But I just I don't know. I I just don't I don't see it. Uh the other big news that I that we that I saw a uh, couple of days ago and boy oh boy is this a doozy uh, this last week but unfortunately it seems like there are more and more idiot idiot college presidents in, in the bunch that are going to vote against their own self-interest For some stupid, you know, revenge factor thing, or I don't, I have no idea why the hell they're voting, they're gonna vote this this way. The rumors are there are rumors swirling that the proposed 12-team playoff is in danger of being voted down because of certain committee members being concerned about if the structure is the right move for their program. Like I said last week unless you are Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State, and this even removed Oklahoma at this point, and I'll get to that in a second, voting against the expansion is voting against your best interest, unless you're one of those three teams. Because even Oklahoma, once they move to the FCC, if the four-team player is still going on, unless they win the SEC their chances of getting into the you know the current quote-unquote playoff is diminished significantly concept that people you know the the reason why some commissioners or or some presidents are considering not voting on it or not voting yes on it they are they're saying they're thinking oh the SEC is going to dominate the playoffs that is false that is patently false all half of the spots are reserved for college, or, or half of the spots are reserved for conference champions which means SEC, the SEC can only get one of them and even if the SEC 5 teams it still gives everyone else chance of getting into the play, into the playoffs than they do now, because, like I said, unless you're one of the blue bloods, even if you go undefeated, the chances of you getting into the playoff is incredibly slim right now. They'd figure out a way to put in a a ten and two, you know, a, a you know eleven and two or ten and three or what have you, uh, Alabama over an undefeated, say, let's say, I don't know. Well, this actually happened a few years ago. Let's say a team like Iowa goes undefeated, runs through the Big Ten. If there were any other options to try to put someone else in that was more of a name brand over Iowa, they'd figure out a way to do it. And I know we've technically never really seen it yet happen, but I'm just waiting for that time it does for years now. But, yeah, so teams that, and 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 here's the thing. Here's the other thing, too. I don't care what you think about this whole situation with with it. Keeping the status quo right now, if you go beyond when the uh, SEC expands, that's going to make it even more likely, in my opinion, that it's just going to become the SEC invitational for at least half of the quote-unquote playoff right now. Because with... With 16 teams in the SEC. Let's say. Let's say Alabama. Let's say Alabama and Oklahoma go undefeated. And meet in the SEC championship game. I don't care who wins that game. The committee is going to find a way to put both teams in. Even if it's a four-team playoff. I'm already calling. So. This just reduces reduces the opportunity for everyone else if you don't vote to expand the playoffs. You know what I would do? If I wanted to restructure it now after the the SEC thing, I would restructure it even further. You know what I would do? I I would I would and and I think well, if if presidents were smart they would do this. But you know you know the best way to to throw up the middle finger to uh, to the SEC on this is expand it to 16 teams and have 10 automatic bids for every conference champion to even the playing field. If you're worried about evening the playing field and and these other conference com- commissioners and other presidents of other universities are worried about the SEC getting too big and they want to protect their interests. I don't care if you're inadvertently also giving, you know, giving a little extra to the, to the little guys that you've been trying to put down for years and decades now. That is the way you win this war is by expanding the playoff so that everyone has an equal opportunity to get in. And as a result by a byproduct you're actually hurting the SEC because now they have to actually win a tougher conference and thus they're going to come into the playoff weekend to be like how the big east is in the ncaa tournament in basketball and a lot of a lot of football fans who have never known any better they 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 laugh at me when i say this but once it happens that's exactly what's going to happen the sec is still going to be highly hyped you know that's never going to change the sec is still going to be highly hyped but now it's going to be a situation where they uh they're going to hack actually have to play to win instead of you know just making sure they win all their games in the conference and then they have an easy road to the championship they'd actually have to also win the one, which is gonna get exponentially more difficult each each time. So yeah, thing gets voted down. It's it's going to be a massive blow to college football, and I think so, I I saw someone say something about this, and it really is true. If this doesn't change, then you're going to have a situation where, I mean, college football for the most part is already a very regional sport. You know, no one in the Northeast cares about college football whatsoever. I mean, that's never going to change anyway. But, you know, the Midwest, I think people are slowly starting to care more about the NFL. Uh, Well, they've always cared about the NFL, but, you know, certain areas have still cared about uh, college football. The West, I think, cares a lot more about the NFL now than they do about college football. Um, and that's just going to continue if you don't fix this problem. Especially out West, because the Pac-12 has been left out of the playoffs for a while now. So, yeah, that, that's my thought on that. I'll take a quick break, come right back, talk about, um, do a quick little week. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to switch over to, uh, to some, uh, Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to talk a little bit of college football, maybe try to get a few, get through a few high school things uh, before Lou comes on at 830. So be sure to stay tuned right here to Sports Unlimited on Sports Central. back to sports unlimited right here on Southern sports central as real quick before I transition over to high school football go through some uh some games from last night and also uh go through some uh go through some games for this week weekend uh tonight and tomorrow um first last night uh Coastal opened up their season. Uh not really all that surprising. Fifty two to fourteen. Utter domination of the Citadel. You know, Citadel Citadel will have a good season this year, I think, uh in F C S, but you know, FBS versus FCS and not to mention Coastal is nationally ranked right now, so not really all that surprising there. Uh, a few other games that were fun to watch: Buffalo utterly dominating Wagner, uh, sixty-nine to seven. Giggity. Um. Uh. Kind of surprising. This was a surprising one to me. UC Davis able to beat Tulsa nineteen to seventeen. That may be one reason why the Big Twelve may not necessarily want Tulsa, but i think if they got into the big twelve they would they they would certain that would certainly help them uh help their program kansas state beat reinhardt twenty five twenty five last night uh and those were ma- those, those were the majority of the games uh from last night that uh, fun to watch um a few other games Uh, tonight now, or actually, I take that back, I think there's a few other games, um, that were, were fun games last, oh, actually, yeah, I take that back, I was on the, uh, FCS page, so that's why I missed this one, Appalachian State, this was a bit of a surprise to me, I mean, App State is a good team, but I was surprised that App State was able Carolina so handily, thirty-three to nineteen, um, in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. So that was a good one last night. Um, NC State dominated UCF forty-five nothing. Uh, Ohio State beat Minnesota. Not really all that surprising there. Um, and Tennessee dominated Bowling Green, thirty-eight to six. Again, now the a local PD guy uh, Tyon Evans getting a touchdown last night from Hartsville. Uh, a few local guys. Um, uh, um, I'm trying to remember who Jalen um, Hyatt. There we go. I knew it was. I knew it was a Dutch Fork guy, but I forgot who it was. Jalen Hyatt also got a touchdown, got some big praise um, by the Tennessee staff and, and all of that, so good on him. Um, and, yeah, so that was that was last night. Tonight there's a lot of games, obviously. I'm sure a lot of you will be focused on high school football tonight, as will I. But there's some good games tonight that if it wasn't for me calling a game tonight, I'd definitely be checking out. The one I may try to see at least the beginning of a little bit, um, although I probably won't have time to while I'm preparing for tonight's game, is North Carolina at Virginia Tech. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, Another good one in the area, Duke and Charlotte. That should be an interesting game tonight. Uh, and and then Michigan State-Northwestern should be a, a good one as well. Uh, those are the main three games I'm looking out for, but primarily that North Carolina-Virginia Tech game, uh, especially for you guys um, here uh, on the Grand Strand, seeing J.J. Jones out there potentially uh, should be fun to see him tonight. And then Saturday, of course, is, uh, is the day that there's going to be a lot of games, uh, a lot of good games. you got Penn State-Wisconsin. You've got Indiana-Iowa. Alabama is going to be the the game to watch. I don't think Miami quite has enough to win. I think Alabama will win that one. Uh, you got Louisiana, Texas, and then, uh, no big nightcap game. Uh, you've got LSU, UCLA, but you know, the big game obviously is, uh, is going to be that Alabama, Miami game. Actually. Oh, I take that back. Uh, the nightcap game, the big nightcap game, nightcap game is Georgia and Clemson, Uh, and that should be a good one. I think Clemson wins that one. That one's also in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. That should be a good one. And then Sunday, you've got Notre Dame and Florida State. That should be a good one. And then Louisville and Ole Miss on Monday. So, hey, college football is here. We've got some great games going on uh, tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday. Should be a great weekend, and I hope uh, you all enjoy watching those games. One quick note, uh, South Carolina – who is who is South Carolina playing this week? Oh, uh, Eastern Illinois. South Carolina is playing Eastern Illinois uh, this weekend, uh, tomorrow night. And the big news coming out is that Luke Doty will not, and instead, the man who was just a walk-on, well, not a walk-on, but was just, um, was, was just the, uh, was on the staff, or, yeah, on the staff, essentially, as a grad assistant, uh, is now Be the starting quarterback this weekend. Uh, It's one of the craziest stories I think I've ever seen. You know, uh, Zeb Nolan, grad transfer, was was on the coaching staff as a graduate assistant initially. But then once Luke Doty got that injury, the the uncertainty of whether or not he was going to start week one, he applied to, you know, saw if he had any more years of eligibility. It turned out he did. And now he's going to start for the Gamecocks this weekend. Quite a crazy story. Obviously sad to see uh, Luke Doty not out there, not being able to start. Time, what an incredible story for, uh, for Zeb Nolan to get to start week one. Uh, and, you know, I think as long as he does what he needs to do, I think the Gamecock should be able to beat Eastern Illinois. I don't see them not winning that game. But, you know, Still it's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game to watch, that's for sure. Um, so moving on, uh some high school notes uh this week. First and I, I forgot to do it, um I forgot to do it this week. Um, but real quick, I, I forgot to mention it earlier, but um unfortunately we've had another death uh... in the in the state uh... don adrian robinson of canaan another offensive lineman he died on sunday uh... second offensive lineman in the state to die in two weeks um, so sad for them but one thing that's weird that's a little different um... is that they, at least according to the schedule that I've seen, they are still playing this week. That's one of the questions I'm definitely going to have to ask uh, Lou when he comes on is why they decided to continue playing when Dutch Fork didn't last week. So, But once again, rest in peace to Don Adrian Robinson from Kenan. Uh Just take a quick moment of silence for him before we move on. Okay, so once again, unfortunately, we have to talk about it. Lots of games canceled this week and a lot of craziness throughout this week. Uh, First off, let's go back to next week, or last week. Greer versus Blue Ridge was canceled at the last minute on Friday. Stratford versus Woodland was also canceled last minute on Friday uh woodland is now fully virtual the athletics are completely paused right now and there is no decision on when they can return so that's going to be something to keep an eye on um with that is what's gonna what's gonna happen with woodland and also on top of that what happens with their region assuming that they can't come back what what happens then do they you know does the region just continue to move on without them do they you know how how does that region, uh, how does that region play that that's going to be something that's going to be very interesting uh to to see uh moving moving forward Um, Fox Creek against McCormick was canceled York against Fort Mill canceled York replaces that game again With a uh, matchup against Cox Mill Not sure where Cox Mill is Uh, But Newberry against Clinton was canceled Blacksburg against Cherryville canceled Southside Christian against Woodruff canceled Lancaster versus Lancaster cancelled. Gaffney against Rockhill cancelled. That was a big one. Woodmont against Walhalla cancelled. Palmetto against Belton Hanea Path cancelled. Belton Hanea Path initially was uh, initially paired up with Woodmont. Uh, but then that game was cancelled. The the belton hanea Path against Woodmont game was canceled. Brome versus Liberty was canceled. Brome was initially going to play Airport. That game was subsequently canceled. Airport was put... um, Airport paired up with Chester. And Brome uh, paired up with belton hanea Pass after the game against Woodmont was canceled. That game has since been canceled. That game was canceled yesterday. Belton-Hanea Path went through three games this week. Was originally scheduled to play Palmetto. That game was canceled on Monday. Then added Woodmont later on in the day. That game was canceled the next day. And then later that day, they replaced it with Brome. And that game was canceled on Thursday. So a crazy, crazy week for Belton-Hanea Path. And, you know, a lot of frustration building amongst coaches, amongst players, amongst fans, amongst media members. We'll talk about that more in depth later. Definitely going to get Lou's thoughts on everything when he comes on. Uh, But also, like I mentioned, Ian Guerin normally comes on at 9, but decided he's taking a little bit of a break from all the chaos. Uh, And... But I'm going to read what he posted on Twitter yesterday about all the craziness and, and what it's doing to everyone involved. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned to that at 9. Uh, Silver versus Aiken was canceled. South Aiken versus Barnwell canceled. Facebook was canceled. Swansea is now playing uh, Barnwell. So those two teams paired up. Daniel now playing Duluth from Georgia, so another out of state game. That's another thing that that's something we've seen a lot uh, this year. Have been uh, teams being forced to go out of state to find opponents, and I'll talk about another one. I've got one myself tonight for the second time this year already. Duluth uh, against ninety six was canceled. Ninety six then picked up Silverbluff. But that game has since been canceled as well. This was an interesting, uh, a, an interesting series of events this week. Andrew Jackson Academy, which is normally an eight-man team, decided to schedule Whale Branch as an as an eleven-man game for this week to help them out. But then, and because Whale Branch was originally scheduled to play Denmark Olar, but they canceled. That game was subsequently cancelled because they thought um that you know whale Branch thought they had found an opponent uh they thought they had found an opponent in uh in uh, Aner. but that game got subsequently cancelled on Wednesday. We'll talk about that more in a little bit, but uh, Sumter against Ridgeview was canceled. That also has an effect on Carolina Forest next week. As of right now, I'm going to ask Lou if there's any further update on that when he comes on. Game against Carolina Forest, at least as of right now, has been pushed back to Saturday. That's where we are there. Columbia against North Central was canceled. Andrews against Johnsonville canceled. North Central will now play Johnsonville. McBee against Latta was canceled. Grave Falls against Timminsville was canceled. Grave Falls now playing Latta, so those two pair up. Hemingway against Marion was canceled. Chesterfield against Hannah Pamplinko was canceled. Hannah Pamplinko will now play Manning, so those two teams pair up. Uh, Lake City and West Florence was cancelled. Wilson against Dillon was cancelled. Wilson will now play Ashley Ridge. Florence against South Columbus was cancelled. Tainer uh, against Green T. Foy was cancelled. Like I mentioned before, was going to play Whale Branch. That game got cancelled on Wednesday. And that left that leaves Carolina forest who had problems of their own this week as the only team in Horry County that's going to be playing this week. And who knows what, who knows if that may change over the next few hours, you know, that, that may be something that was, that may get changed. Something that was kind of interesting that I saw the other day, West Florence or yesterday, West Florence is not in quarantine, but they have yet to be able to find an opponent. And, they're they're going out on limb to play a game this week because their head coach Joey Gennaret posted on Twitter yesterday if there's any teams that have last minute cancellations today that they'd be willing to travel out to pretty much wherever to replace that game. Last minute. And who knows if it'll happen? You you never know in this crazy world right now. But that's that's some balls to to be able to say we'll travel, we'll play you no matter what, last minute. That's I I hope they have a chan- They have the chance to do it because I would love to see how that team performs on su- uh, how a team performs on such short notice. And then finally, uh, the final chaoticness um, was um, last week, last minute, Conway and St. James was cancelled because Conway was put into quarantine. Conway was also forced out of their game against Carolina Forest for this week. That was the original plan. Carolina Forest then said that they were going to move up their game against St. James, but then St. James was put in quarantine on Wednesday. The Panthers picked up a team from North Carolina, New Hanover. That's who they will play tonight, at least as of right now. Like I mentioned, seven of the nine Horry County teams are in quarantine right now. And what's even crazier is, you know, Region 6-5A was the first region, or actually wasn't the first region, but was the biggest region to move the region schedule up, to try to make sure that they got all the games in, do a double re- This season And Now granted We're only in week two We're still early in the season But There were games that were supposed to be played last week And there were games that were supposed to be played this week And A grand total of Zero have Have been played thus far And that will continue this week We'll see what happens next week But the moving up the schedule thing hasn't exactly worked very well thus far. Some other regions have decided to move up the region play as well now with all the craziness. Uh, Region 7-1A moved up the region play the next week. Region 4-3A moved up region play the week 5. And Region 7-3A met on Tuesday to discuss scheduling changes and decided to move up the region games that will start they will start on week 4 So yeah that's that's the craziness that has happened uh over the last couple of um oh, oh well over the last week um it's been a it's been a very chaotic uh week and so yeah I'll take a quick break Come right back. We'll have Lou Badjack from the state coming on at the bottom of the hour. Talk to him about all the chaos that's been going on in South Carolina football, and get his thoughts get his thoughts on a couple of things. So be sure to keep it locked right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
4: Hey yo, you ready?
0: Let's do it. <laughs>
4: Up. Half man, half man, after club, bad boy, that's what's up, half the bucks, crush crews after us, no game, we ain't laughing much. Nothing but big things. Check the hit list, how we quit up, what change with the name? We still here, you're rocking with the best. Don't worry if I write rhymes I write check Who's the boss? Lost. don't think cause I'm iced out, I'ma cool off, who else but me, and if you don't feel me, that means you can't touch me, it's ugly, trust me, get it right dawg, we ain't never left, we just move in silence and left to the death, it's official, I survived what I've been through, y'all got drama, the saga continues, we ain't going nowhere, it down with the Harlem heat All of a sudden, got a problem with me Black, what how? They running around acting like the black don't care eat And you know what? For some strange reason I'm over for of this medication, feeling deranged, needing For y'all to put the word out, we ain't leaving We to be rich before we don't stop breathing Therefore, we kinda of hustle lame Stay laying down a muscle game, still turn your dreams to flame.
3: You got the wire,
4: if not, I ain't saying no name. You soon expire, no pain. I feel remorseless of course, me and Diddy first. Your first, race of pauses with the big twin valve here On the cover of your vibes, double X sounds, win, We ain't nowhere, we nowhere. We ain't, going nowhere. Uh-uh. We ain't uh-uh. going nowhere, we ain't going nowhere. Uh-uh. We ain't going here, here, here. Stop yo. Here. It ain't, ain't my life. change. <laughs> it's the notorious. See, <laughs> everything's still glorious. We still got the glorious. Still be the victorious. Be it's a lot of them, but it's more of us. Still got cash to blow, rap to flow. Still them, cash to load, pack to flow. That's for show. the pop, pop. The rock, play the background, hand my shot, holding my money to get, cost to flip, love it, place nothing above it. It's on like that. Don't believe we ain't gone like that. We're always gonna be here. We didn't go win. Forever, nowhere, and ever he can be the
2: Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central as we await Lou Bejack from the state joining me uh in just a little bit we'll see uh when when he joins us uh I have to call but While we wait um a quick little uh there was one game last night um and it was technically a uh South Carolina game but not entirely at this point now uh because of Legion Collegiate moving on to uh being part of the North Carolina Association but Gray Collegiate said hey you know you're better off down here in South Carolina because they put a whooping on Legion beating them 42 to nothing Uh, last night, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, a lot of people in South Carolina, like, especially in the high school league and whatnot, are not exactly, you know, that happy about uh, Gray Collegiate. They don't exactly approve of the collegiate academies and, and how they do business, but, you know, I'm sure even they have to agree that, you know, hey, a team that wanted to stay loyal to South Carolina is better than a team that wanted to jump to another state. So, yeah, good good on Great Collegiate winning that game. Uh, and now I have Lou Bejack from the state joining me this morning. Lou, good morning.
1: Hey, Brandon. How you doing, man?
2: Pretty good, pretty good. Um, an- Another uh, chaotic week uh, for everyone here in South Carolina, uh, with some teams losing as many as, as two or three games this week. What has been the general consensus around the Midlands been on how things are going and how frustrated are coaches getting with you know everything going on?
1: I mean, yeah, they're frustrated. I mean, <laughs> A lot of it's uh, out of their control. I mean, they have, well, I take that back. I mean, some, um, yeah, it's, a lot of it's out of their control. I mean, kids, I mean, if kids get vaccinated, I mean, they don't have to contract trace, and you don't have to worry about when kids are around positive cases and that. So, mm. I mean, so, uh, I know they're a little frustrated with that, and then um, some of the school, well, we only had one uh, high school go so virtual, batesburg Leesville. Um Lexington Four decided yesterday to go virtual, so their game tonight, and then next week is off um, um so yeah it, it's frustrating and then uh, we had another region this week um low richland it's uh region uh four three a uh, low richland Keenan, uh fairfield central mid carolina Chester decided to move the games up uh region games up starting on on the seventeenth so um trying to give them two extra weeks uh at the end just in case region games get postponed because we know that they take priority. So, yeah, it's frustrating. It's uh, it's a day-by-day thing, but, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, everyone's in the same boat, every state, everything. I mean, no no one's pushing uh, seasons back or anything because, I mean, you can't at this point. And, I mean, this, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, numbers continue to grow, but uh, I think they'll start to go down, and hopefully we'll – uh things will level off and uh, you'll see maybe next month next few weeks uh, uh things will go kind of normal and they can get in uh, the full region schedule and uh um go, going into the playoffs
2: you you mentioned Batesburg Leesville going to uh fully virtual and thus you know be not being able to play uh athletics right now what's the official ruling i know this was a controversy last year um, you know, how do they have to get back to some sort of even a hybrid model in order to start playing again? And what? And are regions starting to come up with contingency plans in case they don't get all of the region games in?
1: I mean, I don't know if continue, well, the, the regions that move games up, um, yeah. move schedules up, yeah, so they... they I mean, we know that about the region with Conway and all those schools down there, and a lot of the Class A schools of our regions have already done that. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, so some schools are in the hybrid model. I mean, they just. I mean, you just had to make a decision before the school year um, if you're going to be a hybrid or in person. But uh, that's, that's not an option once the school. I mean, you either had to do it. It's not like you can. Hey, hey, we're just going to go hybrid now. Uh, no, it, that at least the districts around here you had to declare before the school year started if, if you were going to be uh, um, not not going to be in person. So, um, like I said, Batesburg leaves um They can't come back until the 13th, so there will be no practices or anything starting today. They're supposed to play uh, Swansea tonight, but then uh, Swansea picked up Barnwell. Um, Swansea hasn't played a game yet because so they've been in quarantine. Uh, on and off, uh, Lexington County has really been kind of been uh, around here as far as the numbers go, uh, the highest so far. But uh, everything in the, the big schools, the high schools in the district, have not uh, gone virtual. With Lexington, River Bluff, and Old Gilbert, uh, they're all still good and they're all still playing, um, doing in-person classes. Uh, I
2: I thought of something kind of interesting to that I I. We may be in the point where we've already passed the threshold, but are there any teams yet right now that the schedule that you got, you know, a few months ago is still what they've played and have not had any changes yet?
1: Great Collegiate is the only one I'm trying to get off the top of my head because I think, like, Great Collegiate didn't have their – they played every game last year scheduled, and so far this year, uh, like I said, Dutch Fork would have been on that, but they, um, uh, w- with the death of a player last week, and they had to cancel. Uh, it wasn't COVID-related, but uh, their schedule has been, and I think maybe White Knoll, White Knoll and River Bluff, they have, like I said, the, uh, White Knoll and River Bluff, I think, haven't been affected, but I'm thinking pretty much everyone else, because even Ridgeview this week because. Uh, yeah. Sumter had to um, cancel so those are the ones off the top of my head and Gilbert, Gilbert's played both games so and then they'll play tomorrow. Gilbert's game tomorrow is uh, going to be 10 a.m. against Lexington since so Lexington was in quarantine and they wanted an extra day to prepare so they'd move it back they're going to play at 10 o'clock tomorrow you, you
2: mentioned sum. You mentioned Thumpter, uh being in quarantine. What's the latest? Is I know you posted on Twitter when I first broke that the game being pushed. The game next week against Carolina Force is being pushed back to Saturday.
1: Is that still yeah. the case? Yeah, that's still the case. Well, is that before Carolina? No, Carolina Force didn't go virtual. Um, no, that's still no, the right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, still the case right now. Yeah, that's still the case right now. So we'll see. Like I said, it, it changes. I mean, I like, uh, found out a oh Well, Batesburg-Leesville announced, like, like I said, yesterday afternoon. So, I mean, it changes. We could have a, a thing uh, today. We, we've seen it happen the first week. The airport in Chapin um, was canceled, um, I mean, an hour before kickoff. So uh, just, everyone's kind of just kind of waiting. You,
2: you mentioned uh, you mentioned Dutch Fork, and unfortunately, the the passing of Jack Al Um is what's their mindset. I know they canceled their game against Daphne, which everyone was excited for last week. What's their what's the feeling around the team getting into this week and getting back on the field?
1: Yeah, trying to get a little bit of sense of normal to see the JV team played last night. Now they go to Burns tonight, which is, is another I mean, uh tradition I mean two of the uh the proudest programs around and uh, Birds obviously not what they were when when Lattimore and the Corns and Bentley's uh were there but yeah, it should be a good matchup tonight and uh being on the road I think um kinda will help them a little bit because everyone's kinda solidified and uh focused and uh it'd be interesting to see what kind of turnout uh Dutch Fork community uh, who makes a trip up, and uh, I know it should be a good atmosphere, and Nixon uh, Field's a pretty good place for a football game on a Friday night, so it, it should be fun tonight. Unfortunately, we had another
2: death this week with Don, Don Adrian Robinson from Keenan, uh, but it, according to the schedule that I saw, it looks like Keenan is still playing drear tonight. Um, yeah, why you yeah, why have What's they that? decided to go ahead and play when Dutch Fork decided not to last week?
1: Well, I mean, Dutch Fork, the deaths happened on a Tuesday and the game was on a Friday. I mean, uh, the Adrian's death was Saturday. I mean, and no. Ke- Keenan hasn't played a game all year yet. I mean, they, they've been in quarantine. They hadn't had practice for two weeks until Monday, this past Monday, so, um... They're, they're going to go forward. uh, think that visitation for him today is in the afternoon and his funeral is tomorrow. But they're going to go forward um, and play tonight against Greer. And uh, they played last night. The JV team played last night. So they're going to go forward and do the best they can to uh, honor him.
2: Be you know between what we were talking about before with COVID and and the chaos with that and then the, both of these deaths, it's been a very trying couple of weeks on so many different levels throughout the Midlands. What have some of the coaches been saying about everything that's been going on and how they've been helping their players and themselves get you know get through what's been going on?
1: Yeah, it's been tough because, like I said, so it's not in control uh, some of it and it's it's hard definitely mentally uh, trying to prepare and then having a game canceled and trying to find another game and then the kids want to play and then you don't know sometimes who's talked to uh, coaches it's from uh, Gilbert yesterday they're like (laughs) well we're not sure who we're going to have from because of the contact tracing and stuff on on Saturday so uh, that's another thing it, um you don't know who's going to be at practice on a day-to-day basis, so that's definitely uh, mentally going to hurt. And but they're just doing the best they can. They just um, feel forward each day and have a practice, and they feel fortunate to have a practice each day and uh, have a game on Friday. They they feel that that's a win each week.
2: Finally, getting to some on-the-field stuff. What the big game what are some big games that you're looking at uh for tonight that you're that you got your eye on
1: well you mentioned Dutch Fork and uh, uh Burns uh I think Blythewood and uh Brooklyn Casey should be an interesting game tonight Blythewood, um 2-0 to a good start they haven't been 3-0 since 2007 Brooklyn Casey, yet to play a game tonight but they came in the season with a uh, with some uh, high, high hopes and no uh, ranked in the top 10 in class today, Camden Hartsville should be pretty, pretty good. Hartsville coming off the loss on Saturday. Uh, Camden p- played pretty well last week against Lugoff, bouncing back. Um, and then uh, looking at t- tomorrow, Gilbert Lexington. That's a pretty good rivalry, uh, and that should be a should be a fun game as well. Uh, South Florence-Thermo. Irmo has yet to play, and South Florence is. Uh, I got a pretty good team with uh, the quarterback sellers, and um, it's also a good matchup. And then Spring Valley going to Atlanta tomorrow for the Cam Newton Classic. They're they're playing uh, Carver High out of um, Columbus, Georgia. That should be a good game. Carver has a lot of talented uh, 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 college-type players, so that should be a good test for Spring Valley.
2: Where are you headed tonight?
1: I'm going to burn Dutch Fork at Burns
2: well, have fun tonight that should it's that's definitely gonna be a very emotional game a very uh big game for both teams uh so hope you uh have, have a good time tonight and uh we'll talk to you next week okay thank you thank you once again Lou bejek from the state always fun talking with him uh and always give- always gives us some good notes uh, i I didn't even think about that. When it came to the difference between the the Dutch Fork situation and uh, and what happened with Keenan and, and the the timing and everything, that makes a little bit more sense. The fact that they had a whole week to process it, um, and and I did I didn't realize that they were in quarantine for the first two weeks, so that also pro- I'm sure played played a factor. Uh, played a factor in, in all of that, um, yeah, so, uh, real quick, before I take a break, um, I'll both, both run through, uh, run through some week one games, uh, run through some week one games that happened last week, um, First, the the big one. I, I think this was probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, upsets of the week. Uh, Ace, although it was, you know, it, it is a home game. I, I I won't say, you know, looking at it on paper, you would say, okay, this could this would be a big upset. But if you really think about it, you know, Florida is the defending four A champions. It's 4A against 5A. It's not really mu- that much of a difference. It was a close game, and Flora was home. So I won't say it's that big of an upset. I won't say that Sumter is suddenly, you know, you know right for the picking as, you know, a, a, you know, they're not as big of a threat as everyone thought they would be. But still, AC Flora being Sumter 13 nothing, albeit at home, is still a, a pretty big deal. Uh, so good win for them. Um, a few other games: Blythewood beat Goose Creek 20, 20, twenty-two to seven at home. That was a that a, a bit of a surprise, but not too big of a surprise. A uh, few other games: Clover, and and I think I mean granted. Myers Park from North Carolina still is a good team. Don't get me wrong. But Clover, after being able to beat Dorman and being at home, it was a bit of a surprise to see them get beat so handily last week. Um, but, you know, that's what what happened. Um, you know, and I think a part of it might have been they had a bit of a hangover from last week and and all of that. Um, Dorman rebounded from the loss to Clover last week, dominated Boiling Springs, three three nothing. Carolina Forest had to face off against the the juggernaut that is Fort Dorchester, and you know the Panthers they're gonna be they're gonna be a good team this year but they're, they're a young team, they're an inexperienced team, and especially on defense, it really showed last week. And so, that's that's where we're at there. Uh, Gaffney dominated Somerville, not really all that surprising there. Um, Lower Richland beat White Knoll. That was a bit of a surprise, but not too, too surprising. Uh Let's see a few a few other matchups. Uh Spring Valley beat River Bluff on the road. Kinda surprising, but not all that surprising. Uh, and those were the main uh games for uh for five A. Uh in four A uh Kinda of surprising Bamberg Earhart dominated Bluffton. Granted it was at home, but still kinda of surprising to see that. Uh Camden dominated Lugafelgan. Um Euford beat Effingham from uh from Georgia. Let's see. May River beat Hartsville fairly handily, which was a bit of a surprise, but not too much, especially considering the travel. Uh, May River was the home team. Uh, Strom Thurmond beat Midland Valley. That's a surprise. Strom Thurmond only a a 2A school. Uh, Or I think they're 3A, excuse me. Um, But still, a lower classification. Um... Richland Northeast beat Andrew Jackson. South Florence utterly dominated Mary, or excuse me, Manning. Greenville dominated Wade Hampton on the road, and West Florence was able to beat Shaw at thirty-five fourteen. Those those are the main games uh, for uh, for last week. Not not too many other games uh, to speak of. Some games to watch this week, though, um, like we talked about, Dutch Fork and Burns. Um, you know, obviously, with with what happened and all of that, um, that's that's gonna play a factor in this game. I think. Um, I I think you know checking out what happens with you know with the Keenan game as well. Um, you know, how how they handle uh, that game. And that's a home game. That's a home game against Dreer. Um How they handle what happened last week, that's going to be something to watch. Um, so those are a few games to definitely keep an eye out for. Um, another game, another big game to keep an eye out for in 5-8, against West Two top teams, both coming off of wins. Uh, You know, Dorman having to travel all the way from the upstate down to the low country. Um, How much does that impact this game? Um, You know, so that should be a good one. West Ashley and Goose Creek should be an interesting game. Yeah. Travelers' rest against JL Mann should be a good one. Uh, Wando against Somerville, that should be an interesting one. Ashley Ridge against Wilson should be an interesting one. Uh, Benedictine from Georgia coming out to Buford, that should be an interesting game. Sure, uh, and Darlington should be a, an interesting one as well. Uh, North Augusta against Grovetown from Georgia, that should be a game to look out for. South Florence against Yermo like uh Lake Lou mentioned, that should be an interesting one. Greenwood against Catawba Ridge, that should be an interesting game as well. Um, you know, West Florence against West Brunswick should be a good one. Uh just oh, by the way, Coxmill is from North Carolina. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure. Um, but yeah, so some good games this week. Uh, you know, wherever you end up going, should be a good one tonight. But you know, again, be sure to stay on the lookout on Twitter to see if there are any updates on any games because you never know. You never know if if things are going to change. On a dime. You know, so be sure to keep track of everything. Uh, real quick, before I take a quick break, go through the media polls this week. In 5A, no change. Surprise, surprise at the top. Fort Dorchester at 2. TL Hanna at 3. Gaffney jumped. Gaffney and Ridgeview swap places. Gaffney at 4 now. Ridgeview at 5. Burns at 6. Northwestern jumped up from 8 to 7. Dorman jumped up from 10 to 8. Uh, Spring Valley jumped up from not being ranked to 9th. Clover dropped down from 9 to 10. Others receiving votes, Blythewood, Sumter dropped out of the polls from out of 7, down to receiving votes after their loss to AC Flora. Malden, Chapman, Woodmont, River Bluff also dropped out of 10th, down to receiving votes. Carolina Forest and Ashley Ridge round out the vote-getters. In 4A, 8C floor, 4A is the only classification that the number one team is not unanimous. 8C plays votes with Greenville having won and being ranked second. Or actually, I take that back. 3A is not unanimous either. Um, Greenville at 2 with one first place vote Myrtle Beach drops down from 2 to 3 Catawba Ridge at 4 South Point at 5 North Myrtle Beach at 6 Beaufort at 7 Irmo at 8 Greenwood jumps up from not being ranked to ninth. May River jumps up from not, not being ranked to 10th Dropping down from ninth to receiving votes is North Augusta Dropping from 10 is Westside into receiving votes. Also receiving votes, Richland Northeast, Greer, Indian Land. In 3A, Daniel is at 1 with 18 first-place votes. Dylan at 2, jumps from 3 to 2. Chapman drops from 2 to 3, but they are receiving one first-place vote. Gilbert at 4, Camden at 5. Union County jumps up from 7 to 6. Chester jumps up from not being ranked to 7th. Ainer jumps from 10 to 8. Brooklyn Casey at 9. And Clinton jumped up from not being ranked to 10th. Also receiving votes dropping from number 6 is Oceanside Collegiate. Oceanside Collegiate, I'm trying to remember who they played last week because that was another uh, bit of an upset. Oceanside lost to Gray Collegiate thirty-three twenty-two. I mean, both teams are are the collegiate schools. Both teams very good, so not too big of a an upset, but at least but a little bit of an upset there. Um, especially with Gray Collegiate being a two A school. Uh, Woodruff dropped down from seven to receiving votes. Also receiving votes: Seneca, Seneca, Lower Richland, Fairfield Central, Hanahan, Powdersville, Wren, Marlboro County, Hanahan, Brome, and Crestwood. In 2A, Abbeville, they're the top of the heap. In 2A, with 19 first-place votes. At 2 is Gray Collegiate. Should be interesting to see where Gray goes now after being let, uh, Legion this week. Marion jumps up from 4-3. to three. Saluda up from 6-4. to four. Silver Bluff up from 8-5. to five. Barnwell drops down from three to six. Andrews at seven. Chrysler's Newberry drops from five to nine. St. Joseph's jumps up from ten to not or from not being ranked to tenth. Dropping from ten into the receiving votes is Chesney. Also receiving votes are Bakes Pittsburgh, leesville Andrew Jackson, Woodland, North Central, Philip Simmons, Wade Hampton, and Chesterville. And then in one A. Southside Christian at the top with 19 first place votes. At two is Lamar. Jumping from four to three is Bamberg Earhart. Dropping from three to four is Will Branch. Blackville Hilda at five. Louisville jumps up to, from nine to six. Dropping from uh, dropping from seven to six is Lakeview. Uh or yeah, dropping from six to seven, I mean, is league view. At eight is Baptist Hill. Jumping up from uh not being ranked to ninth is Great Falls. And jumping up from not being ranked to tenth is Hannah Pamplinko. Also receiving drop that. Dro- yeah. Also receiving votes, dropping from ten is Rich Springmaneta. Also receiving votes is C.A. Johnson, Johnsonville, Ellendale, Fairfax, Wagner, Sally, uh, who they dropped from uh, six, Calhoun County, Branchville, and Estill. So I'll take a quick break, come right back, and then got, um, in in lieu of Ian Guerin joining me this morning, got a... Uh, Got some things to read off uh from him uh that he posted on twitter. I'll read that and then a few other notes uh and then uh and then we'll round off the show and as always, if you wanna get your thoughts in on anything be sure- be sure to call on in uh before the show ends in the last hour 323-784-9681 is that number to call that number again three two three seven eight four Nine six eight one. Be sure to keep up. Sports Unlimited, only on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. And like I mentioned, because this is normally the time that uh, Ian Guerin would join me uh, for Maori News, and and just because this hit me, you know, so, so hard. Uh, and I want people just to understand, uh, you know, not just, you know, that, you know, not just you know, what we're going through as sports media members and and whatnot, but also get a better understanding of, you know, like, you know, it seems like, you know, to to people who may not understand or may be too selfish or, or whatnot, you know, they're thinking more of, oh, we, we need football back. Why why the hell are we doing all these quarantines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are still people who are complaining about that. And they're saying we should be past this, all of that. Yes, we should be. But in order to do that, we need everyone needs to get vaccinated. But on top of that, people don't seem to understand how much this year and, and the chaos that has come with it. It's taking a toll on people throughout the industry. So I'm going to read this for you guys. So he was commenting, uh, he was replying to someone who said, I just don't see how you can keep up with the ever changing climate of this sports season. It has to be mentally draining. Thank you for keeping your followers informed. I guess this is the new normal, at least for this fall sports season, which, you know, first off, yeah, it's, You know, it it is mentally draining to have to keep up with all of this. You know, would I much be rather talking about what's going on on the field? Of course. Of course. But, unfortunately, this is the world we live in now. Uh, And it has been mentally draining on all of us. And here was Ian's full response. Sadly, you're right on all accounts. The last few weeks have taken a toll on me mentally I've cringed at decisions that were made and wondered aloud what the hell we're doing here. All the while, I've attempted to keep sports in perspective of, of a bigger picture. Picture. What has made the last month so difficult is seeing and hearing how this has affected so many people in ways I've never seen them affected. Frustration and anger and sadness have spilled over. It's not unusual for me to hear grown men cry from the other end of the phone. I've heard more F-bombs lately. I've heard coaches in AD, ADs curse the SEHSL and the governor and school districts. At least three, in fits of what I would describe as nothing short of rage, have told me they're done after this year. And that's not good. You know, first off, you know, I, you know, unfortunately, you know, while there are differing opinions on this, I do agree with a lot of them when it comes to them, uh, Dropping f bombs on on uh on the cursing out the SEHSL and the governor and school districts because you know and we talked about this last year. You have to have leadership from the top, and this goes for college too. You have to have that leadership, that strong leader from the top to say this is how we're going to do things, or else it's just the wild west and it's all out chaos, and that's what we've gotten this year. Everyone's in it for themselves. And that's not the way we should be doing things. I don't want to believe that I didn't believe the thing last year either. Yet the four people who told me last year that 20, the 2020-2021 season was going to be their last year, that the pandemic had broken them their passion for sports, all followed through. That's not good. You know, we're having... Now, coaching isn't as bad, but I I have a feeling that this is the reason why we have a referee shortage as well. These last couple of years, it really has put sports into perspective relative to the world. To a lot of people, young and old, till last year, Sports were their life. And to a lot of people, it still is. But especially last year with the shutdown, where you had, you know, you had people, I'm sure,
0: who
2: the only thing they watched, the only thing they, they focused on was sports. And last year, for those three months or so, Let's see. April, May, June. Yeah. Uh, About four months because I think... Or no, no, no. Three months because NBA started in June. For those three months from March until June where you had a barren landscape in the sports world, you didn't have anything going on. A lot of people had to look themselves in the mirror and say, what do I do now? And a lot of people had to come up with other hobbies. A lot of people had to come up with other thing, other interests. And while those types that... Those types that, you know sports was their world. I'm sure as soon as sports started up again, they came right back, you know, as did many of us. I'm sure there are some who said, you know, I'm sure there are some more casual fans who said, you know, I don't care about sports. I'm going to focus on other things and probably never came back. Maybe they do here and there, but not to the level that they were. But at the same time, I think it's also there are some coaches, there are some players, there are some administrators that are saying, you know, I, I think this was, you know, I never asked him directly, but I think, you know, COVID was one of the reasons why Joe Quigley stepped down, decided to retire as AD of North Merlo Beach. I think if it wasn't for COVID, I think he'd still be there right now. Uh, but you know, a lot of a lot of people are getting frustrated and it's not good. You know, I think there's a shortage of coaches. But if if it gets bad enough there could be at some point. And you don't want that. You you can't have that. Especially at the high school level. But let let me continue this. Burnout is inevitable in some cases, and that's exactly what I was talking about. And and this definitely seems like this whole process and this whole situation has burned people out like crazy. It's why I've reminded several people along the way they're paid to make the best effort possible for kids. Not take years off their own lives running up a winding staircase that never seems. And that's the problem. A lot of people's think that that's the way it is right now. Last week, there was a close call with an athletics official. He needed to be hospitalized. It's safe to say stress from his job was a contributing factor. That's not good. That's not good at all. Thankfully, he got the care he needed and is on the mend. He'll be kicking ass again soon. The athletes and other coaches and his bosses and the parents, and the fans, and the media are all better off because of his presence. We need to make the best effort to keep the best people around, but we all need to make sure that we're doing our part too. Most of the time, my part is trying to keep people informed. At times, I do wonder how much it matters, but if talking about sports like I do dwindles the meaning of everything else going on around us. Or, or is talking about sports like I Clearly, there is some self-reflection going on, especially after the last few weeks. This one kicked my ass, folks. No other way to say it. I'm going to be quiet on here for a few days. And then he just says, you know, he's going to do some things with his family. Uh, and he said he needed a bit of a reset. And, that, and that's why he's not on... Uh, That, that's why he's not on uh this week, which I completely understand and i think I think Lou was actually some uh was uh posted this the other day uh and I asked him this question i'm su- I'm surprised that there are still teams that still have their full schedules that have yet to lose any games but um but Lou posted a picture uh the other day of a stack of schedules that he had from coaches from last e- from uh the beginning of this year, and he said, "You know so much for these none of like none of these mean anything anymore, which is true, with the exception of only a few but this is this whole year, this whole situation has been complete chaos, and it doesn't look like we're any closer to getting any stop. you know it already already we're in a worse situation than we were last year in terms of cancellations and all of that, and that's not good; we should be learning. From these situations and and figuring out what to do and how to make sure that you know we should have had a con- the the problem is here, here's the problem here here's what happened when it comes to this year I feel last year everyone understood that we were you know or at least the vast majority of people obviously you had some nut jobs. But the vast majority of people understood that we were in the midst of a pandemic. Kids, parents, teachers, coaches, all of that. The vast majority knew that we were in the midst of a pandemic. And on top of that, you had virtual learning being the primary primary thing. So much less risk of spread. And basically, if there was any cases, you know, it was only contained within the football team or within a certain, you know, position group or whatnot. So that's why last year, you know, we had cases. Don't get me wrong. There were plenty of cancellations to prove that. But... That's why you didn't have, or at least you didn't seem to have, as many cancellations last year as you have this year. What also plays a factor is the fact that we... The the FEHSL stepped in and, you know, reduced the schedule down to seven, uh, prioritized region games. That's why... It At least it doesn't seem as though there are as, as many issues. Or there weren't as many issues last year as there are this year. But that the, the main reason why we're having so many issues this year, I think, are threefold. One, well, let's go back to the beginning. Because, you know, last year in the winter... We had a ton of problems, lots of uh, lots of quarantines, certain districts shutting things down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was the apex of things, or at least that's what it seemed. Then we got into spring, and through you know because of vaccinations and because of because of a number of different factors, I feel the cases started to drop. And so baseball, we got through without, at least that I can remember, not too many problems. I don't remember hearing of any case, any quarantines, at least that I can remember. I mean, there may have been some in other parts of the state that I didn't see. And of course, baseball isn't nearly as focused on and reported on as as football or basketball is. So there may have been some quarantines, but not nearly as many. And, you know, people were starting to take off masks. People were starting to, you know, think, okay, we're starting to get back to normal. And for those who got the vaccine, you were thinking we can get back to normal now. And the summer rolled around. It looked like we were getting back to normal and everything and then come you know end of july suddenly you know the the delta variant comes around and you know ironically it coincided to wh- with when i got covid um but you know the the delta variant started to pick up steam suddenly towards the end of july the CDC starts recommending wearing masks again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And things are starting to get worse again. And this was probably, well, it was better timing than if it happened, like, in the middle of August. But it was kind of the worst possible time. Because all the way through, you know... All the way through spring, with all the, you know, everyone was planning on going back to attend the game schedule again. With all the uh, schedule reveals, everyone had a regular schedule, all of that, it looked like we were getting back to normal. Then suddenly, we, but then suddenly, you know, the Delta variant strikes and we're back. Right then and there. When that happened, that's when the all show stepped in and said, "Okay, we're we're putting we're we're putting some measures into place to make sure that this season proceeds without any problems." But they didn't. Other than some recommendations that some regions adhere to, some regions didn't. Now you have. Now you have this massive problem where and this is I think this is why we're having so many issues. You have two opposite groups. You have those who are vaccinated and who are thinking, okay, we should be able to get back to normal because I'm vaccinated, but at the same time, I understand I can still catch it, so I'm going to wear the mask still, so, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all well and good. That That's what should be done. But then you have people who think, oh, because, you know, a slight majority of the people in the country and in the state are vaccinated, that means that we can get back to normal no matter what. I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens to myself. I'll, I'll survive it even if I don't. And, you know, let's just get back to normal. And those are the people that are holding us back. Those are the people who are making it hard for the world to get back to normal. And and it's gonna be a problem. I like, and I don't really know what the end game is here. I honestly don't, and that's the problem. You know, all of last year, and the goal the goalposts get just keep on getting moved back. In the beginning, it was okay. Let's get through the first wave. Shut down, let the first wave go through, and then we can get back to normal. Then it was, well, let's just, like, then it was, let's make these protocols in order to try to mitigate it. Then it was, you know, let's pause and and let the second wave go through and try to get through that. And, and and at the same time, throughout this whole thing, it was also, let's wait for the vaccine. Then it was, you know, then after the vaccine, then it was, let's get everyone vaccinated. And now it's, what do you do about those who aren't vaccinated? Because it, there's just going to be more and more variants. Apparently there's another variant out there. All right, I think it was called I think it's the Omega variant, if I remember correctly, so this is just going to keep on spreading and mutating without any hindrance if everyone isn't vaccinated and so what's the question that I have is what's the end game now? How do we get back to normal, or is it a matter of you know God forbid? until everyone has caught it and either A, has built an immunity to it, or B, have died. That seems, I hate to say it, and and for those of you who aren't vaccinated, please, please, please get vaccinated so that, you know, this doesn't happen to you. But that seems to me as though that's the only way we're going to get through this now. Is everyone's going to need to catch it. And basically just going to, you know, for those who are vaccinated, you'll be fine. But those who aren't, you're just going to be rolling the dice. And, you know, I mean, we're already up. I haven't checked the numbers recently, but, you know, we're up to close to, if not beyond the number of deaths that we had during the Spanish flu. And everyone talks about that in terms of history and whatnot. But no one, you know, I mean, rational people are talking about this as a big deal, but it's like, I don't know what it is, but this whole thing, you know, hasn't felt as major and as groundbreaking as the Spanish flu was. And I think that's because of the misinformation that has been spread but unfortunately i think that's gonna, that's at, that's the point where we're at and in terms of sports it means you know winter's going to be chaotic again who knows what happens with spring and then who knows in terms of you know do you know let let's say we're let's say we're back to where we were last spring this spring again this upcoming spring and so and and teams and coaches are trying to figure out schedules do you do you wait and see and and potentially have contingency plans set up or do you just throw caution to the wind again and and schedule a regular schedule, knowing that you have changes in the changes? It's an interesting question that I would love to ask uh, some coaches about, um, and that's something that I may ask some people once we get to the beginning of next year. But so, yeah, this this whole situation i i mean i i hate having to talk like this but you know it's it's the way it is it it it's just the way it is now that unfortunately you have to you know worry about these these issues um i'm i'm hoping we get out of it i'm hoping we figure out a way to get to the other side to where we can get fully back to normal. But at this point, at least for this year, it doesn't look like it's going to come anytime soon. We're going to have to deal with this throughout football season, and we're going to have to deal with this throughout basketball season. I'm already calling it. So I'll take a quick break and come right back. Uh, have a big soccer news that, that I'll talk about at the at the bottom of the hour after the break. And then a few other notes uh, to talk about as we have a half hour left in the show. And if you want to get your thoughts in on anything, uh, be sure to call in. That number again, 323-784-9681. We'll be right back with more Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. I love the uh UEFA Champions League theme. Uh I I always I I like finding reasons to uh be able to use that every now and again. And tonight or and to, this morning I I do have that that excuse because uh some big big soccer news came out uh last week or uh earlier this week. Actually, I think it was technically last week. I think it came out on Friday after I did the show. Uh And that is that Cristiano Ronaldo is coming home to Man U, has re-signed with Manchester United, uh, will presumably, or at least I would think, um, will will play out the remainder of his career uh, with the Red Devils. Um I certainly hope so. I I'll, I'll say that much. I certainly hope that 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 does happen. Uh that he that he stays with uh with Manchester United for the remainder of his career and between him and some of the young talent that they have on that team and and some of the other pickups that they've made over the years I think and, and I think I, I think Ole Gunnar Chelstar is the man that that can help them. Uh, I think they're a legit contender for potentially, hopefully, which they haven't done in a while, winning another treble, which is you know for those of you who are not completely uh, acclimated to soccer, soc- European soccer when you le- win your league uh so in Manchester United case the premier league your cup which would be the FA Cup for uh for Man U as well as the European championship the Champions League uh so I would I would love to see it I don't you know I I think they I think they certainly have the talent to be able to do it you know whether or not they're going to be able to do it. Obviously, they need to do it on the pitch. But you know, it's it's a situation where I think they certainly have the talent. They certainly have the players that can get them to that level. Again, it's going to be great to see Cristiano Ronaldo back in a Manchester United jersey. Um trying to think if anyone wears number ten right now. Pogba maybe? But I you you would imagine that Ronaldo is gonna get his number back. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. Or excuse me, not number ten. I'm thinking of Messi. Seven. And I don't think anyone wears seven right now. So so yeah, so it it's it's nice to see Ronaldo back. I was I was very disappointed when he went to Juventus. I was I'm not a fan of Juventus, and I've always been a fan of Ronaldo. That's that was pretty much the only reason why I watched Real Madrid back in the day uh, was because of Ronaldo. Uh, but now he's back in Manu, and 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 all is right in the world. I'm very happy about that. I'm looking forward to seeing him back back in Old Trafford uh, for for Manu. Uh, well, NBA note one quick NBA note Ben Simmons has already said he does not want to be a 76er next year anymore and he said he does not intend to report to training camp uh, which should start in about a month or so I think if I remember correctly Uh so some drama in Philly right now. Uh and you'd have to wonder where where do they trade him? Where where does he go? Because what you would have to say I, I think you I think you'd wanna get a a perimeter score. Or maybe not so much perimeter, but you know a, a score. You wanna get a score to help out Joel Embiid in Philadelphia, that's what they need in order to get over, get to the next level. And there aren't many top scorers in the league. And those top scorers, unless unless a team really needs what Ben Simmons can give them, I don't think they're going to give up a top scorer for it and so and and with how with Ben Simmons, how he's going, the sixers may have to may may have to uh compromise, take someone that they may not necessarily may not have been their first choice, and that's not a good place to be as a franchise when you know a player is demanding to be to get out of there and thus. Teams Understand that they can lowball you A little bit and you're kind of stuck behind The eight ball that's not a good Position to be in as any Franchise Uh but I can't Really think of any locations Where All the team Needs is a Ben Simmons Type and and the the other Question is what is Ben Simmons Really he's essentially a point forward who, you know, plays around the perimeter primarily. It's He's a weird anomaly that I don't really know how to quantify. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him, where he ends up and, and, and what happens with the Sixers moving forward two franchises are in very tough waters right now the Houston Texans in the NFL with Deshaun Watson and then the and it's and we'll have to wait and see uh how that resolves one big uh MLB note and i'm sure you guys have seen this the Mets players deciding to thumbs down their fans for booing them when they were bad when when the Mets started playing well and then uh and then Jeff Wilpon now uh being arrested for a DUI I think or something along those lines and being uh not relieved of his duty but you know basically you know asking him to step down for now. And, oh, the Mets are a dumpster fire. I don't know what it is. And and the Nets have kind of broken this mold a little bit, especially recently, although they had problems of their own this year. But I don't know what it is about the teams in New York that end in it, it's, and being dumpster fires, you know, the Jets, obviously, the Mets, obviously, right now, and the Nets for a while were in that boat as well. And so, I I just don't, I don't get why, why there oh, always seems to be a problem. And so it's you know it, it's a tough situation. I I understand it. But uh but you know it's uh it, it, it it's an interesting uh it's an interesting situation to see uh what happened with the Mets. because then the meds fans booed uh uh, I forget who the player was that that originally did the thumbs down, but they were booing him, and it's just a very uh, a very bad situation in New York right now. But yet they're winning, which is weird. It is very is a very weird situation. Um but yeah it it's just a very weird uh very weird situation um, and you know, should should be interesting to see uh you know what happens there you know it it's nothing if not interesting let's just put it that way let's just put it that way Uh, so go through um, a few other notes real quick Uh, go through the recruiting notes real quick first Uh, Brandon Sissy from Lakewood was offered by Marshall and he got a few offers before that as well um, before this week Um, so congrats to him that should be a good uh, he's going to be one to watch over the next A couple of years Mithoon Kelly from Daniel Was offered by Louisville Thomas Williams from Powdersville Offered by West Virginia Xavier McLeod from Camden Offered by Ole Miss and NC State Prometheus Franklin from Greenville Offered by SC State Devin Hyatt Originally from Dutch Fork Now on IMG Oh, let me finish this And then I'll talk about that for a second Uh, Offered by Ole Miss Antonio Williams from Dutch Fork offered by uh, Indiana. On the basketball court, Cam Scott from Lexington was offered by Texas Tech. And Gregory Jackson from Ridgeview, offered by DePaul. Jaden McGowan from Lawrence committed to Vanderbilt. On the baseball diamond, Chase Jarnigan from Oceanside committed to Charleston. And Jack Reynolds, who just just decommitted from South Carolina last week, decided to flip to the arch rivals from the upstate in Clemson. But real quick before I go through a couple of other uh, high school notes before we wrap up the show. Did you guys see the, the craziness of what happened over the weekend with IMG Academy and Bishop Sycamore? This is just... I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with a, a, a school like IMG Academy anyway. And I understand they do it over in Europe and and whatnot. But... This is what things like... Especially here in the U.S. Because there's a lot of shady characters and, you know, not much regulation, etc., etc., etc. This is what Schools like IMG Academy create is situations like Bishop Sycamore, which, at least on the surface, appears as though it's just it was it's an online school that has been created solely for you know, and I I won't even call them kids per se. Some of the people a lot of them, to the reporting, a lot of them are co-dropouts, allow them to continue living their fantasy of playing football and getting destroyed in the process. There's a number of things to unwrap when it comes to this. First off, first and foremost, this just shows that there needs to be more regulation on, on this stuff. And apparently it happens in college as well at the lower levels. First off, there needs to be a lot more regulation. And there le- needs to be a lot more regulation, especially now. And here's why. Yes, the the online universities, stuff like DeVry and, you know, SNHU and GCU and... and and University of Phoenix those things have been around for a, at least a decade, decade and a half maybe. And and they've they've built a niche. But especially now after COVID and the the expansion of virtual learning, more and more of these schools are going to pop up, I feel, without any regulation, solely as a means to give washouts an ability to play. And more often than not, these players are those that both were only mediocre in high school, didn't get any real offers, and, on top of that, aren't very good academically. And so, yeah, without without regulation, this is just going to cause a lot of problems. And, and in terms of ESPN, especially with the fact that you have a recruiting portal at your fingertips that you create this can't happen I don't care what the mar- you know they they went through a marketing firm that actually created the game but I don't care how especially now I don't care how much faith you have in that marketing firm you need to double-check things. You need to do your due, due diligence. And that did not happen here. And that's what led to this situation where we had to on air. We messed up here at ESPN, and we, you know... We put on a sham of a game. And don't get me wrong. The It's not like IMG is no slouch and that even if you put a legitimate team in there, they may not have gotten blown out anyway. But just the fact that they lied about them having multiple Division One players and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's just a bad look on everyone's part. Um, apparently, the head coach was fired um from you know a fake school which that's that's quite the thing to have on your resume um but then on top of that you know and, and I understand it I understand that you know IMG it's it it's you know it creates its own schedule so it's it's a little trickier for them to find opponents and no one wants to play you know the best high school team in the country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But still, but still, you know, you just, this was just all sorts of messed up and just a bad look on everyone. The funniest though was the, the prep gridiron. I free. Uh, yeah. I think it was called prep grid iron. Uh, their Twitter They were apparently the ones that gave, that recommended Bishop Sycamore to the marketing firm that created this game. And they're, like, it seems like they're, like, a secondary account for Bishop Sycamore. Because they were defending Bishop Sycamore to no living end last week after this happened. And it's pretty humorous to watch and to read. So if you want, if you want to have have some fun this morning, go check that out this morning. I, I, if I remember correctly, it was called Prep Gridiron. That should pop it up. But yeah, if you if you want some entertainment, there there's where you go get it. Uh, so yeah that that was an in, a very interesting story. That happened over the weekend and, you know, we'll have to wait and see to see how this uh, how this impacts things moving forward. Uh, A couple of other quick notes uh, for you guys this morning before I sign off. Greg Jackson from Ridgeview uh, moved up to 10th in the rivals top fifty for the class of twenty twenty three is up at twenty two in the ESPN rankings. And Cam Scott from Lexington ranked eleventh in the ESPN class of twenty twenty four rankings now. And both of those guys got offers this week. So congratulations to both of them. Uh Cam Scott offered by Texas Tech and uh Gregory Jackson offered by DePaul. So, you know, congrats to them. And they look like they're, it looks like they're going to have a very, uh, a very good successful career uh, at the collegiate level, no matter where they go. Uh, So, yeah, that'll, uh, that'll just about wrap it up for me this morning. Had a great show. Lots of fun things to talk about uh you know obviously like i said for those of you who for those of you who are vaccinated still just stay safe let's make sure we can have the remainder of our season uh try to you know get through this as best as we can and for those of you you who aren't vaccinated Please, 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 go get vaccinated. If you've got any questions, you can reach out. Follow me at Bisco on the air on Twitter. Uh, you know, if you want, if you have any questions about it, you know, I can answer anything, any questions you may have. And uh, you know, for those of you who may be like me, this is the only advice I can give you. Um, because I'll admit, not for the reasons many people are saying online, but I was hesitant to get it myself. I didn't get my first dose until May. Uh, and the reason for that wasn't because I distrusted the vaccine or anything like that, anything of that ilk. No, the reason why I didn't get it was because as a kid I had a lot of bad experiences with needles and you know I I am very afraid of needles um so it uh so you know that was that was the reason why I didn't get the vaccine at first was because of that. But there were a couple of things that helped. For one, I talked to my doctor about it, told him what was going on, and they prescribed me a prescription strength lidocaine uh gel lidocaine cream that I could rub on my arm before I went. And it would numb it. It would numb your arm, at least for the first time. The the second time, the the nurse missed the spot where I put the lidocaine, so I felt it more, which wasn't fun and was annoying to me. But the first time, it definitely worked. Uh, So that was the first thing. And then the second thing, which helped with this one, was that, and and I didn't even I didn't know that uh, they told me about this until Tori told me about this. But apparently, the the pain that you get, you know, when it goes in, you know, yes, you feel the the, the needle go in, but it's more so pain of the medicine going in and and do going to work right away. This vaccine does not do that. It doesn't start to hit you until, like, maybe, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes later. And I'd much prefer that over having the sharp pain right off the bat, along with the needle pain. So, for those of you who may be in my position, go ask your doctor for a lidocaine cream to rub on your arm. Make sure the nurse knows where it is, so they know where to uh, inject you with it. Don't look at it; that that will just make it worse. Kid, I needed to look at it. Now, now I've gotten better at that. Um, And just you know, realize. Also, think about it in this way: realize that you're you're doing it for two reasons. For one, the the pain will be temporary, but your freedom will be permanent. And you know it's i it's ironic that I'm using the term freedom because a lot of people are using the word freedom, uh, to say why they shouldn't get the vaccine. But I, I I've I've from now on decided to to rephrase that as free dumb. Um because of what they're doing to themselves. Uh, first off, you'll have your freedom to be able to go wherever you want to go without having concerns. And for two, you're just doing it, you know, for your community, for your country, for the world. Um. So if if nothing else, do it for those reasons. Um. So please, 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 everyone, get vaccinated. Let's get, let's, trying to get back to normal we were so close we were so close and now it seems like we're a mile away again so that'll just about wrap it up for me this morning hope you guys enjoyed the show uh had a lot of great things to talk about this morning uh you know had a lot of fun topics always fun talking to lou from the state lou bejack um Thank you for him for to him for coming on and uh, talking with us this morning, giving a good insight on everything going on around the state on the football side. College football starts tonight. Well, started last night really, and well, really started on Saturday, uh, but really gets into full swing tonight and tomorrow. So hope you guys enjoy uh, those games. Uh, so that'll just I'll wrap it up for me this morning. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Have fun wherever you go tonight, whether you're staying in and watching a college game or going to a high school school. Uh, So, I'm Brandon being staying so long, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for joining me right here on on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. I'll talk to you guys
0: next week. So long, everyone.